This week's episode is brought to you by the Talk Buster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce of their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So, listen to the Talk Buster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Ulrich. And we're here with another buckler, which means, you know, we're going to talk about something kind of weird and... Or review something. Actually, spoiler, we're talking about something weird today. So, how are you doing today, Ulrich? Uh, pretty good. I mean, we've had a nice, sunshiny day. Um... We've got some really great stuff coming up for the podcast that I'm excited to announce, but can't quite yet, so look forward to that. Um, other than that, everything's pretty much golden. Awesome. I'm not doing well, but I don't want to bring us all down with stuff that's going on in my life, so let's keep this uptone, and we're going to start off by doing our uh, Patreon sound off. Normally, this is something Ulrich does. Oh, wait, do you have the most recent list, Ulrich? I have an old list, I think. I have the most recent list. All right, it's your job then. I'm, I was gonna take it from you and give it and, and and take it off your hands, but nope, it's all you, bro. You can tell it's been a while since we've done a buckler. Anyways, our patrons, those wonderful, wonderful people that allow us to do, you know, weird freeform episodes like this, are Pam Galley, Marquis, Orion McCann, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Reed D, Stephen, and Arthur Crane. Now, if you enjoy weird off the wall, you know kind of slap together content like this, head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. For only 25 cents an episode, we get to do this stuff every single week. Anyway, so today we're talking about camp. And I don't mean going out and camping because I'm not very outdoorsy. Ulrich's a bit more outdoorsy than I am. Although we do have some great stories of going camping together. Not sure if they're appropriate to this forum, but they are great. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if we can share those ever. <laughs> But no, we're talking about camp as in the style, generally speaking, used to describe movies nowadays. But really, camp applies to anything. Uh, It's just an aesthetic. And it's really hard to pin down what camp means. Like, I've got the definition open here, and it, it itself is like several paragraphs long explaining. I'm sure I could find a really, like, nice one on, like, Webster's Dictionary or something like that. But camp and... I'm perfectly transparent. This is just the wiki right here. Camp is an aesthetic style and sensibility that regards something as appealing because of its bad taste and ironic value. So uh, let's see. Webster's New World Dictionary describes it as banality, mediocrity, artifice, and ostentation so extreme as to amuse or to have a perversely sophisticated appeal. Now, for me, for instance, when I think of camp, the first thing that comes to my mind, 1960s Batman. I love 1960s Batman. Yeah, I do not like 1960s Batman. And that's why we're having this discussion, because basically Ulrich and I have found over our period of knowing each other, I generally like camp as an aesthetic, and he generally does not. A little goes a long way for me, and yeah, it's it's not my thing. Like, I have, I've tried to watch 1960s Batman, because my uncle loved that. that like, he grew up in the heyday of that, and I'm just like... This is terrible. Like, I don't like grim, dark, broody Batman either, but this is too far the other end of the spectrum. This is just, oh. 
Now, um, I'll get off the wiki page after this, so I'm not just reading off this BS, but apparently camp art is often confused with quiche. K- I can't even pronounce that word. Kitsch? K-I-T-S-C-H? I think it's quiche, yeah. Which is like what is like... Oh, man, I don't even know how to explain kitsch. It's like uh, the opposite of high art tastes, I guess. It, it's it's pure irony. So I can't mention liking something in an ironic way because it's bad. Kitsch is like is part of that. Kitsch objects or kitsch things are when you are appreciating it because of the irony, like more inherently, like without having a any other particular aesthetic to it. So I've, based on these definitions I'm reading, like something can be kitsch and camp, but something doesn't need to be camp to be kitsch. Anyway, important distinctions. I'm all about those definitions. So one of the big things we want to talk about, first of all, is um, like, as Ulrich just said, a little goes a long way. I'm kind of the other side of that, where I feel like if you're going to be camp, I want I would want the entire aesthetic of the piece to be camp. For me, if something is camp in the middle of everything, it stands out and breaks my immersion. But if something is camp all the way through, then I can get lost in the goofiness and funness of it, like 1960s Batman. <laughs> See, I was trying to think of an example of campiness that I could really kind of get behind and didn't wreck it. And my best example, and I don't even know if it counts, I mean, we'll leave that to you guys, is what we do in the shadows, both the movie and the TV show. That, to me, is just the right level. And it could be because it is juxtaposed, juxtaposed, ah, I can't say the word, juxtaposed, I'm fucking, I can't say it. Uh, juxtaposed. This, juxtaposed, there it is. I'm trying to add a syllable that didn't need to be added. Anyways, um to horror and dark and grim and it just it doesn't work i guess you could also argue 40k is a bit of this but 40k seems to have really kind of fallen away from the humor and you know gone more into the grim dark i would say though that um kind of the ridiculous sheer level of grim dark kind of brings 40k back into camp as far as i'm concerned anyway but go on well that's the thing is people don't realize that grim dark is a joke in of itself you know, it was never meant to be taken serious or as an aesthetic. It was kind of poking fun at ultra seriousness, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, I think famously our big hey. disagreeing point of camp too much or too little was Thor Ragnarok, in which you absolutely loved it. And I'm still yes, sitting on the fence going, but there's parts I like. I don't but... think Thor Ragnarok fits into camp. Thor Ragnarok is farce, I would say, which the distinction is rather important, I think. Like, Thor Ragnarok is jokey, and everything is in service to the comedy, and because of that, it is very overt. It is not camp in that it's not this aesthetic of, like, something being funny because of its badness or its uh, ineptness. It's just these are the jokes that Taika Waititi was telling. So I don't think personally that thor ragnarok falls into camp when i think of camp i think of things more like uh rocky horror picture show which i love or i already said 60s batman uh oh um dead silence dead silence is totally camp and it was the only horror movie thing that i loved so oh that that's a mess of a movie but we did a whole episode on that go back and watch our uh director smackdown with uh chris on one if you really want to get to the nitty-gritty of that movie but my point is, though, that camp is something that, generally speaking, I don't think is on purpose. There are few examples where I think it is kind of on purpose. I almost feel like Wes Anderson is kind of 
locked into being able to do camp on purpose and make it work with things like Moonrise Kingdom, which is my favorite movie of his, for the record. But it's kind of hard to... And that's why it's such a complex idea. So I think that our conversation about Thor Ragnarok doesn't really apply here, but you go ahead and justify it if you want. Well, it's just, and again, I we're using camp because it's the most, at least for me, easy accessible word to grab bag a bunch of other stuff. Because when I think Thor Ragnarok and the parts that I don't like, it's the jokiness, it's the over-the-top nature of some of the stuff, it's the story beats. I mean... It's a lot of Taika Waititi that I really do like Taika Waititi, but for whatever reason, it was just over the top in this, and it kind of took me out of it. And this is what inspired this episode in my head, was like, Axel loves that. And me, I'm like, no, rein it back in. Give me a little bit of seriousness. Not everything needs to be a joke. Um, My other example, and I've caught endless amounts of flack for this for all the wrong reasons, I might add could not do Netflix She-Ra. And of course, everyone assumed I didn't like Netflix She-Ra for the same dickhole reasons that everybody else that didn't like She-Ra didn't like She-Ra. I didn't like it because it just... That is... It was too much. Why did people... What were these dickhole reasons? I don't know anything about the discourse around She-Ra. I was never a Masters of the Universe person in general. So I didn't... I heard She-Ra was good, but I have so many shows I'm watching. I just haven't got around to it. I haven't finished The Boys yet. I'm like halfway through that. And I just recently started Shameless. And anyway, so what was the problem with She-Ra? There was a bunch of problems with She-Ra. And again... I should clarify, these aren't real problems. These are internet problems. But the first one that came out was people didn't like the design because she wasn't attractive enough. Let that sink in for a second. Plus the design, yes, what I've seen, looks they like didn't. It's, uh, uh, Voltron. And Voltron look, is a, a beautiful. So I don't know. what. The, anyway, I again, I didn't watch yeah, it, but I watched the trailer. Then, and I thought she looked great. Yeah, I wasn't opposed to the art style. And then it, it just kind of became, you got, because you peeled back the layers, like, I don't like that there are different body types than Supermodel in this one. I don't like there's undertones of LGBT stuff. I don't like, most recently, they added a non-binary character. This show is too woke for me. This is... <laughs> All right, we're going yeah, to take mix. our stance. And, maybe, maybe this episode will keep... Uh, freaking nazis from talking to us because we're tired of that first of all they can all go fuck off but yeah those sound like stupid criticisms and my favorite television show is steven universe so you know yeah take a that lot of the things people didn't like about steven universe they took over to she-ra maybe i would love she-ra i don't know i just haven't got around to it but what so what were your problems that at least by your uh, mission were more legitimate problems probably and I've talked with people, I'm like, people are like, wait, are you one of them? No, I am not one of those assholes. I think the story is great. I think what they're doing is amazing. More power to them. I just, I got through a couple episodes because everyone kept going on how great this was. And I couldn't do it because it kind of has an underpinning of camp. And one of the, the scenes that broke me was they keep saying princesses like they're evil because she's part of the horde so their greatest fear is princesses and it's just like i i can't do this i know that's the joke but that is the underpinning and it's just ah no this is i need i need a level of grit this is just too again to use the word campy the pastel colors the over-the-top nature there's a reason this has its audience because but that audience is not me (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. I feel like maybe in that situation, though, it's a little hard to attribute that because you're – I'm listening to you talk about it, and all I could think is Son of Zorn. 
which has the same kind of principles at play, but with a different, um, a markedly different like genre that it's part of. So I know you love Son of Zorn, but again, it's, it's, that's like, this all comes down to just how hard of a word this is. You know that apparently um, there are a lot of people who associate it more directly with like effeminate stuff. That's why things like, uh, you know, RuPaul, I think that comes from like Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is not camp at all because of it's, it's camp for a whole other sets of reasons. So for the same reason, oh, Repo, the genetic opera. I love Repo, the genetic opera, and that is camp as hell. <laughs> that skates the line. And that's, I think, ultimately the point I wanted to make with this is where is your line when something becomes too campy because you're right son of zorn really does ride that line repo again very much at least the genetic opera repo man whole nother movie whole nother topic whole nother time rides that line that sometimes like no i'm gonna check out and that's why i wanted to have this discussion is i feel like you don't really have that you're like if the story is good i'll follow you through I'm here's, like, here's what i would here's what i would say I personally don't believe there is such thing as quote unquote too much camp. Like I'd say a great example of something that definitely approaches that would be like, well, Rocky or picture show or uh, the producers, although applying camp to musicals is itself a weird kind of anyway uh, for, so for me, it's just like, you know, the styling. So what matters is because there are things that are really camp that I, you know, don't, well, are there things that are really camp that I don't like? Has there been something? I can't think of a great example now that I think about it. But I just I can't think of a situation where that is the reason for not liking something. If if the if the characters are interesting, if the story is interesting, then I don't need it to be. I actually, yeah, I'm. You mentioned the whole uh, repo men, which is the let's take the idea of repo the genetic opera completely seriously, and I found that just dull. <laughs> Oh, you're breaking my heart, man. I love that movie. I just, I don't know. I just I wasn't interested in it. That's all I can say. I'm, it's not, nothing against it, but it, it didn't catch me the same way. that. And then again, Repo the Jack Opera has Anthony Stewart head, and he is amazing. So I'm actually one of those people that's like, yeah, Grave Robber, whatever. I don't care about Zydre, but give me Anthony Stewart head singing. Like, that's my favorite scene in that movie. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'd say that there isn't a line for me. But since I, I think, adore the stylings, in fact, in some cases, like Dead Silence, it's literally the only thing that saves the movie for me, essentially, since I don't like horror movies. In your case, though, I feel like it's not like there's a line. I feel it's more like there's a tolerable amount. Because I've never heard you claim that something being campy elevated something in your eyes. I think that camp might be to you what like horror is like to me that i can watch something with this but if there's not something else there i'm not gonna latch on to it right and in your case like it's something that is just meant to be camp there's nothing there for you to latch on to and if there's too much of it then you don't have you can't latch on to whatever else is there so it takes away from your experience it's it's not like a, a good or bad kind of statement it's just a this doesn't appeal to you personally I think the only example of camp that works for me, and it's its own thing, I'll let the comments dissect this, is Monty Python. Because Monty Python is very campy, very over-the-top, very silly, and I love that. So I don't know what to make. Make of that what you will. Uh, what I make of it is that 
that comes down to again being very difficult to even call that okay uh life of brian more so but holy grail i feel like is more like a series of sketches so which is not really camp See, as much have you as ever gone back and watched the show once or twice and not monty in python's years. flying circus okay i'd argue the flying circus and yeah again life of brian they're best example of Monty Python camp is the meaning of life, which is a lots of sketches tied around the whole stages of life. And that, I think, is the closest I come to enjoying camp outright in as much as you can classify anything as camp under this weird nebulous word we're using. So so here, I feel like we've spent most of this recording so far just listing things, talking about our personal preferences. I don't know if we've actually gotten anything rather... So I'm, I'm going to try to get really introspective here for a moment. I think... What I love about camp as an aesthetic and why I get really into it is because when I'm watching a movie or a show or, or whatever, right, um, I'm trying to be, at least in my mind, transported away into something. Now, I think it's very easy. That's why I don't like when something is just can't be in the middle of something that isn't because that takes me out of it. It's like, wait, that doesn't work in this world that you've constructed. But when something is completely can't be inconsistent with it, oh man, consistency, then not only am I just fine getting pulled into this world with its own set of rules that fit into this, but it's a world that generally is like a very happy one. And maybe not happy, but it's, a, as you said, it's a silly one. And a silly one makes me feel good. I, there's not really a more complicated way to put it than that, but being immersed in a world where everything is like silly or ridiculous, even when there's you know, horrible nightmarish things going on, like in Reboot's Genic Opera. It's something about like, oh, it's a father and daughter talking on the phone while the father's dissecting a dude and singing about it is hilariously ridiculous and silly. And I can just, I just smile and I lose myself in this kind of experience. So I think that in your case, I'm about to be outrospective towards you, I guess. It's that, that, that silliness itself is so inherently not like the real world and not saying you don't can't get into something that isn't real i mean you're a warhammer fan i'm a warhammer fan <laughs> but i think that that is a lot of times what's pulling you out of it that's why you say things like i just want a little bit of seriousness because you're looking for some kind of grounding like you you want to stay on the ground and watch you know the air show whereas i'm getting pulled away by the plane you know that sounds about right. And I don't know. My viewing habits are a mystery even to myself. And I haven't done a fair amount of introspection, mainly because I don't want to. But no, that feels fair. And I'm just kind of curious for our listeners. Is there a line for you? Are you an all-in camp? Are you a no, that's that, that's not my thing? I'm really kind of curious, even if you think that we're using the camp in the right word. Because I'm Ooh, sure someone's going to say I know camp that's not like. how you use that word. Sorry, I know camp that you like. Godzilla. I do enjoy Godzilla, but I'm not sure if it's just because of the destruction and the monsters. But Godzilla let's, does get let me, pretty let me put this sometimes. way. Let me put this way, very simply. In Godzilla versus Megalon, when Godzilla and Jet Jaguar are fighting Megalon, what do you? What is the first word that comes to mind when Jet Jaguar is holding Megalon so that Godzilla can drop kick him? Awesome. There you go. That's camp you like right there, then. Yeah. And I mean, I think kind of this whole discussion is we had was it's a 
kind of a hard word to pin down because I think everyone has their own interpretation of what it means and where the line is. And I think kind of myself is it's a weird, you almost have a bell curve and, you know, like, uh, this is good. This is, this has got enough camp. Like if this is too much, this is not enough. And it just kind of undulates up and down the scale. All right. Well, I mean, I, I feel like I had my final piece. Do you have any final thoughts or is your scale thought what you want to go out on? <laughs> I think my scale thought, like I said, I think this was a fun little discussion and I'm really kind of curious what kind of feedback we get. All right. Well, then thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Do all the things that I'm supposed to ask you to do as a content creator. You tell I like that term. You know, but the more people see this, the more we grow, the more we grow, the more we can do. And I know Ulrich loves to see those numbers. So um anyway, your go. What why don't you tell us what platforms we're on, Ulrich? Uh, the platforms we are currently on, and we are always looking to expand, so if the one, your preferred one, isn't listed here, just drop a comment, let us know. We are on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Pocket Cast. All right, well then, we'll try to get to a buckler sometime sooner, so I'm not, you know, less fumbly with the format here. But, as always, this has been Axel Wright. And issue, brother, Lord Commander Ulrich. Be sure to tune in next time, and as always, stay honorable. <laughs>